You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Hall. Yeah, you. All right, Brian McCubbin. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Great. And Brad Wren. Hey, everyone. And welcome back, John Curley. Hey, our racers. Good to see you. Good to hear from you. On the show today, we'll be recapping the highly successful Daytona 24 Hours and how the Tifosi teams fared. We have the final iRacing 2024 Coke Series lineup and sponsors, and we get a glance at what the rain setup could look like. That's right, Mike. And as you join us at iRacesLounge.com and select show notes, you'll be able to see all these great stories and products we'll be discussing in today's show. So log in to iRacesLounge.com, select show notes, and we'll see you there. start talking coke series news first we have the full roster which also includes six new teams that are going to be involved in the 2024 coke series and a new format as the full sponsorship field i guess is set yeah it's so hard to keep track of and so i didn't but um there on enascar.com where they went over all the different changes uh, we covered about half of these last week, actually, because uh, our recording was right in the middle of it. Uh, I think the the, new, the big one that kind of surprised that uh, the new one was Kevin Harvick, Inc. is one of them. Uh, we have a new esports organization called M80. And then another uh, based out of Boston, that's where iRacing is, called Oxygen Esports. So it's local to iRacing, I guess. I think the rival is going to be carbon dioxide esports. <laughs> so, what do you guys think when we get these oddball? I, I don't. I don't know if I should say oddball, but they're not involved in racing and sim racing. You know, they're just esports. Or you know, they do shoot 'em games and stuff like that. And then they're getting in. You know, is there a place for for teams like that? Well, like we said last week, it's about the money. And they're bringing the money. So the way the rules are now, if you have the money, you belong. Well, I I think, you know, we've kind of discussed as well that while esports has gotten traction, the one spot where it hasn't is with racing. Um, So perhaps if we've got some some esport teams that are looking to get involved, maybe that's a good sign for for virtual racing. Now, some of the driver stuff that we haven't talked yet, uh, continuing relationships is going to be 2311 with Keegan Leahy, who actually works for 2311 as a real-world performance consultant, uh, as well as uh, 2023 playoff driver Michael Guest. Uh, other signings include Nick Ottinger returning to William uh, Byron Esports for the fifth straight season, um, and they're bringing back Donovan Strauss and Latart Esports brought back Dylan Alt each for a third straight season. And then what's new, um, 
Stephen Wilson is going to be joining Ryan Luza at that new M80 squad. And then uh, we already talked about Spire uh, Motorsports taking Casey Kerwin, Malik Ray, right off the, at the beginning of the draft. And then Oxygen picked up uh, Zach Novak and Femi Olad. Um, the other announcements, Garrett Lowe, Jordy Lopez were the BS competition. Uh, Kevin Harvick was Matt Busa and Jimmy Mullis. And this is the year that they're incorporating the stage points for the season, right? Of part, different parts of the season. That does come into the stages. Right? Yeah. Yep. That'll be neat. Because remember last year, we talked about when you'd win the first or second race, and they were talking about, oh, well, now you can prepare for the playoffs. You can just coast, you know. <laughs> you can work on Homestead. Well, that's not the case now. Now you got a, a more uh, close focus, you know, because you want to get those stage points that that are happening, you know, every few races. And Though that, so that previous statement's yeah. not entirely true because you still had to stay in the top twenty. True. Um, three drivers returned to the series after missing out in twenty twenty three. That's Ray Alfala. He's going to be with E Racer, uh, and then Briar Laprade and Taylor Hurst are. Um, driving junior motorsports and team Dylan esports respectively. And then uh, team Dylan taking on a rookie, Jonathan Delaney. Um, and so I asked um, the guy, the new guy who works at um, iRacing, George, um, Melillo, um, did anyone in the top 20 of contender not make the cut? And he said, no, the top 21 did make the cut. So remember, we were concerned about you could get bypassed if uh, you didn't have money or whatever. Well, that well, didn't happen at least this year. That's because that does that rule does not go into effect until next year. That rule doesn't. Yeah, oh, yeah, good year. point. I wonder uh, how much Kevin Harvick's involvement has something to do with his his son. You think that was a factor in Kevin getting into high racing? Well, it, I watched the uh, the final last year, and one of the things he talked about quite a bit was his involvement with Keelan uh, and I racing. And I can't exactly remember who somebody he had somebody that was actually coaching Keelan, um, one of the coach drivers. I don't remember who it was though. So my guess would be yes. My guess is Josh needs something to do. A mother function, uh, his name. Josh Williams is that his name? I don't know. He's Kevin Harvick's shadow. Right, he like shattered him for the last twenty years, and so now he has no, nothing to do. So, well, as the season unfolds, we will keep you up to date. Let's roll on to the next thing. We got a virtual tie, and I I don't know if it actually is a tie because they still had to have one person be P one and P two, I believe, right? But Area Racing posted a video of a finish that they had down to the thousandth of a second as dot zero zero zero. Don, I think you and I were talking about this, that maybe it's got additional decimal points um, in the timing and scoring, uh, the actual iRacing timing and scoring that you don't see in SIM. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't that... make sense to have all those digits. Go ahead. Sorry, John. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, it's, it doesn't have, make sense to have, you know, six digits after the point zero, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, that, I think you're probably right. It's probably it probably does extrapolate it to more than three decimal points. So um, 
Yeah, so that's how they determine the winner, I would think. I wonder how far, though, I wonder how far it goes, because technically it could go, you know, another two zeros, really, before they get a winner. Who knows? Well, yeah, the, the further you go, the more memory it takes. Right? Every, every digit is that much more RAM you have to take for all the timing. Is it still possible physically, though, to have a tie, even if the digits go down to point, you know, eight decimal points? I mean, there's got to be some circumstance somewhere, because look at how many billions of laps we're running. You know, it's like that old adage of you put 50 uh, monkeys in a room with some typewriters and they'll write a a novel eventually, you know, or something like that. Yeah, at some point it'll probably, you you start getting into just how how many damages does the simulator have, right? If you're talking real physics, um, that's this isn't a physics podcast, but we don't want to get into something like the Planck length. But uh, yeah, it's just going to come down to how many digits does it go, and and is with millions of laps, eventually that dice roll is going to hit. Yeah, at some point there is going to be an actual tie. No difference whatsoever when you've run six billion laps. And I kind of wonder, you know, what do they do? I mean, does the sim say, okay, we're going to give it to whoever started uh, in the in the best position? Maybe that's the default. Well, you wonder if the software developer has thought of this instance and then programmed for it, right? Or is it going to crash the sim? Okay, the whole server crashes <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, like like Tetris, the kid who who broke Tetris just recently. All right, you really want to hit this one now, or because this is a software thing? But do you, do you, uh, we've got it here, so I guess we can go ahead and bring it in. Uh, iRacing's Auto Stages. It's a software stage racing software, basically. It has season tracking as well. Um, it allows racers, racers in hosted or AI sessions to simulate NASCAR-style stage racing, complete with points tracking. You'll be able to toggle the, toggle the options for your race experience, including two to three or four stage racing, custom stage links, and whether or not to throw stage rate cautions. And he's got an example of the beta UI, and in that forum post, it just says coming soon. So I guess it's not completely done yet. Pretty neat for a league, though. If you're a league a host of a league and uh, or trying to put up an event that has stages, um, this is cool. Well, if it's keeping track of points, I imagine it, it works throughout the course of a season. So, yeah. So, I mean, it, I don't know if it's be great for a, a, a league or, or AI race that's like 30 percent, you know, as far as distance. You know, you'd have to be at least 50 to do a, a one stage, I would think. Well, way back in the day when, you know, in our 2003 running leagues, you know, there was software we used to use to, to keep track of points to where you didn't have to do it manually. So you could basically import results and all that stuff. So it seems to be kind of similar to that. Um, yeah, I think from a hosted side, um, it would be interesting to be able to do stages. Um, I mean, if we're going to simulate NASCAR racing, every, all three divisions have stages. Um, so it's something. I still think we need on the sim side, um, whether it's NIS or something. I think it's something that we do need. Okay. I don't, I don't think see we... it in A open or, yeah. or A fixed. I think we should we have it specifically in NIS in these longer races, well, and it should be only pro. one stage. 
Yeah, or even just even up at the pro level because the races are just too much shorter for one, and we're there's too many more cautions for the most part, except for maybe the truck series. The truck series is a wreck fest, right? But do you really want stage breaks when you already have 25 cautions in a half length Martinsville race? Yeah, that's a good point. But you know, what do we, we replicate all like to Brad's point, we replicate all this other stuff with NASCAR. Why not this too? You know, we have lucky dogs, we have wave arounds, you know, we need a choose cone, you know? Uh, but anyway, cool software. Check it out. All right, Brian, did you watch the top 10? I sure did, Dave. So iRacing um, put out a YouTube video on their channel for the top 10 highlights for January. A lot of, I think it was almost all road racing stuff. Uh, there was a five wide finish in the 87s, which was uh, pretty interesting. Um, there was a uh, Mazda race uh, where, I mean, it was just a gaggle of cars just right all packed together for the longest time on a road race. That was pretty interesting to see, too. Um, and I think the winner was, um, it was a road race between uh, a Ferrari and a uh, AMG car that just battling back and forth. They, they did rough each, up, rough each other up a little bit. Nothing egregious, uh, but amazing racing, though. Really good. So, do we see these every week? Is this uh, this is member submitted or is iRacing pulling these? How does this work? Anybody know? Yeah, you send them in. Okay. Yeah, iRacing just picks them and and groups them together, and releases them. So anybody yeah, anybody guy. listening can put one in. Yeah, you email them. I think to Alex Horn at iRacing basically, and he he's the one who does the videos. I think I sent mine directly to uh, Greg West one one time, the one where I drove into the pylon basically at Pocono, and they didn't they didn't do the not top ten. They just immediately tweeted it. Um, to the Mazdas doing road courses. I mean, it looks so awesome. I mean, it's pack racing, but it's on a road course, and um, and then they were doing this for real today at Daytona. Uh, iRacing actually retweeted the IMSA tweet about the live video, or I think it was at racer.com was doing live video uh, on YouTube of that race. And I watched a, a portion of it. It was quite entertained. It is. Uh, it's great racing. So, you know, you can usually pick that up free uh, either through Racer TV or uh, YouTube, but that is some phenomenal racing. If you, you want to see some good pack racing on road courses, the MX-5 series is incredible. And don't we have a special event uh, with the MX-5s at an Oval Martinsville. or something? Martinsville. Yeah. Maybe I need to get involved in that one this time. All right, John, do you ever play 52-card pickup? Uh, I, actually, I mean, uh, pileup? Every time I get in Draftmaster, I play this. Uh, this is a cool video. So I, it says 52-car pileup. I don't know that it was actually 52 cars, but it was the big one at Talladega. Uh, shows a video of cars, uh, I, a lot of cars. I mean, it was just a huge pileup. Uh, reminds me of Draftmaster. It does. And I think that's... Exactly why I didn't participate this week in Draftmaster is I didn't want to lose all my I rating before division is set. So uh, I've been sitting this week out. Well, I should have. I got caught up in three wrecks that I had nothing to do with. So, yeah, that was a good move on your part. 
It's a massive pileup, though. I don't think I've seen a bigger wreck uh, on an oval like that. That's just so much smoke and cars and carnage. It's pretty cool. So, uh, Brad, what's the last movie you uh, streamed or, or went and watched? <laughs> I, uh, so the uh, the sim racer is a feature film set in the world of sim racing is now available to watch on Tubi. So I think this came out uh, last year and I don't remember what it was on. It was either maybe it was Amazon or something, but you had to pay for it. So I haven't had a chance to watch this. I think I've ever seen the preview. Uh, I think it's a struggling racer does sim racing or something. Um, so but yes, apparently you can watch it on Tubi now. So I'll, I'll have to watch it. Tubi. I don't know if I have Tubi, but I'll have to look for that. I think it's free, isn't it? I think you can sign up yeah. for Tubi for nothing. So we did stories about this show and the uh, and the movie premiere and stuff like that uh, back in you know last summer or whenever it was. So pretty pretty cool that you can get it now if you haven't caught it. It was not definitely uh, in wide release. Well, that's a shame. It didn't make wide release. Um... I, I think I'll try to actually try to watch this. And uh, now that I know I can find it, the, you know, what about that Gran Turismo? I actually watched that recently. That's another kind of sim racer movie, but that one was more of a wide release. Yeah. I think it's on, I think it's come out to either Netflix or Amazon or Peacock or one of them. So it's on the bucket list to watch. So was it any good, Mike? Yeah. I mean, I was entertained. Um, yeah, it was, it wasn't, you know, yeah, I, it's different, but uh, I was entertained. If you like racing, you'll like it. All right. Well, we are. It's time to talk twenty four Daytona, right? Uh, we have a whole series of quick hits we're going to hit, and the first one starts with the twenty four up in smoke. It's a it's a tweet from Presley Sora. How they made it twenty two hours with no damage, running second to fourth the entire race, and with no warning, the motor just exploded. Well, this is a little odd. I mean, no damage, and and they're you know they're on the course when it explodes, and no indication that they misshifted or something, you know. So, yeah, is this a glitch? Is this a, you know one of those random things they programmed to happen to you know one out of eighteen thousand people? Well, so Mike, I mean, you and David both ran the the Cadillac. I mean, is there is there settings that you can do cover up grills or stuff like that that would have maybe led to this? No, and you you don't really, um, you know, we just don't really see this unless you take damage or you leave the car sitting idle for too long for any reason. All right. Um, the only other thing that can harm the car is floor damage. They might have had floor damage and not known about it. Um, but that usually affects aero. That doesn't usually affect the engine. You wonder if they uh, they never wrecked, but maybe they got the turtles, you know, a bunch of times. <laughs> But there's not really turtles at Daytona. Even even the bus stop, it's pretty smooth. Yeah, good point. Well, that is very strange. What about Tony and Matt? Yeah, this one's pretty cool. Uh, we got a video of Matt Malone talking about uh, his 24 at Tony Kanan's house in Tony's sim garage he has. Um and so there was another guy named Quirky, Quirkatized, I guess, as a streamer. He was there as well. And the three of them, they just basically took turns uh, racing. Uh, Tony actually got wrecked from behind. And a, a separate clip I saw he posted. Um, he was not a happy camper. But uh, I think they finished sixth in their race. 
Yeah, this video kind of picks up, I think, the last hour of the race. And I guess Tony was the one that was finishing the stint. So it's pretty neat to see. Um, again, Tony Kanaan, I think, just a, a great ambassador for, for the sport. And what a neat idea to bring everybody in for the race. You bring your buddies in, you have enough Sims. Everyone has their own. You don't, you're not even sharing a Sim, you know, because when you share a Sim, you had the problem with, well, you got to get out of the server. You got to sign out of iRacing. You got to sign into iRacing as the other driver and relaunch. You waste all this time. Well, with multiple servers or uh, Sims, they don't have to do that. It's also good to see one of the retired drivers really actively involved and in getting getting to keep racing when when he's you know out of out of the real car. Along those notes, Max Verstappen, our world champion, he won his class in GTT division with Team Redline. Yep, pretty pretty dominant performance, I believe. Yeah, um, there is a YouTube video of Max's last stint in the in the race. So if you wanted to watch his last stint, uh, you, that's available. So, you know, I, I saw somebody else in a red or whatever. F1 world champion probably could have picked up the phone and actually gone and done the actual Daytona race, but yet chooses to do it virtually. What do you think? Well, that's on next weekend. more important to him. <laughs> Well, it, I think iRacing is more important to him than the real racing. I, I mean, we're talking about Max. I mean, he's really into it. So the other thing that came out was everyone's watching Max and his team. And uh, during their race, their strategy consisted of pushing or drafting uh, on the straights of Daytona. And, um, you know, so there was a discussion had uh, about it. You know, what do you guys think about the constant pushing? You know, I looked through the comments, what people said, and most people said it's brilliant. You know, it's brilliant because it's really hard to do, for one, to, to push like that down that straight and not wreck lap after lap after lap after lap. Well, I mean, I can tell you right now, I mean, had we had another teammate in a GT3 in our split, we'd have tried to figure out something. Well, I mean, that, that's there's nothing wrong with that. You have to both have the same pace everywhere else on the track or you're just going to get separated. That's true. But yeah, I mean, it's, I, I don't, I don't have an issue with that. But I think probably the only reason that people have an issue is because it's max. Well, I mean, they still had to get down to the lead somehow, right? They can't just do that from fifth place and win the race. Somebody's, they got to pass somebody somehow, or somebody's got to pass them. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't really have a problem with it. I thought it was kind of odd because I started watching that video of Max's last stint. I was like, hmm, he's just staying right behind that car. He's not pulling out and passing or nothing. And lap after lap after lap, he was doing the same thing. I thought it was, I thought it was kind of odd, but I didn't think it was anything, um, you know, unethical. No, I mean, it's not against the rules, so why not do it? About the only challenge is they need to be a little bit uh, different to passing faster class cars because it's, it, it's a little bit more complicated when you come upon two cars than one car setting, setting up passes in traffic. So I presented in the chat, I, like, is this something that we need to consider trying to get two team cars in the same split so we can do the same thing. I mean, I think that's almost impossible to try to get two team cars in the same split. Yeah. With all those splits, that's really tough and and different drivers on your team. That would be really tricky. Um, so what did I say? The number one thing was going to affect your finish position for, for especially in our splits. Okay. Huh? 
Working. Yeah, garage time. What? That's going to count more than drafting. I mean, the guy, so, the guys who won our race were three seconds a lap faster than us. Okay, drafting is not going to mean shit. <laughs> so I'm assuming uh, the uh, G- the LMP cars don't draft quite as well as the GTs. Well, you definitely can't push. Right, right, right. There's some draft there. I mean, it gives you at the end of the straight maybe an extra six or seven mile an hour. All right, the next one here is a, a video put out by Daniel Falkingham, and his 24 ended uh, crazy. I mean, they got a slow motion video here. He's headed towards the bus stop. He's he's not against the wall. He's right in the groove, and the card is like it hits an invisible wall. It goes up in the air, and it flies off. And uh, wow, I, I don't even know how to explain that. Yeah, it was definitely bizarre, but there was something going on with the wall, though, because I noticed if I got, I, we were running GT3s and even all week practicing, coming up to the bus stop, if I got too close to the wall, it literally was, it just slowed the car down. So, I mean, I like, like on the brakes. So, I don't That's know. That's normal. It was bizarre. I mean, literally, you could hear the car detune as you got, if you got up too close to the wall. If you get a guy who doesn't know what he's doing at Talladega or Daytona, they try to get all the way up on the wall and they slow the outside line down because they're side drafting the wall. Side draft is huge now. Well, like I said, it was bizarre because, I mean, I, I had laps where I was ahead, you know, as far as a delta goes, and I would get a little too close, try to get a nice wide angle into the, the bus stop, and then I would lose, you know, I'd lose a tenth or two just because it was literally, it was like I was getting pulled back. Okay, so I want to get a, a first-year perspective, John. When you look at this video and you imagine yourself, you're 22 hours into your 24-hour race, and something like this happens where you know you get launched up in the air. I mean, boy, that's a, that's an insult, huh? Well, you know, I was uh, talking to, to uh, Brad before the show about the, the team that I was supposed to be on. You know, how... I would imagine that if this happened to me in this race, I would be devastated. And it and it just highlights the fact that can you imagine what it would be like if you're a real driver with a real car, real money, real glory on the line, and this happens to you? Well, I can't imagine how demoralizing that would be. Well, if this happened to you in real life, I think you'd have bigger worries than just being a little sad. So let's just talk about your car since you brought it up. I, it was you guys finished forty third. It was a DNF, and um, Justin uh, Pearson. I mean, he he came away from the race like that's it. I'm selling my equipment <laughs> after he wrecked. I mean, he was pissed. Uh, yeah, I mean, we it it. <laughs> I think we were doomed before we started, unfortunately. So I don't know. Do you want to get into that now? Sure. And so we had a, you had a driver on your team that actually could not show up is what we found out. And because he can't run, you were going to be DQ'd even if you did finish. Yep. So, uh, you know, we had, we, we ended up, we had six guys on the team. We're like, this is great. Everybody's, everybody's only got to do a couple cents. This is going to be wonderful. And uh, come to find out, we didn't, didn't realize that uh, there was an SR requirement. So that kicked John out, which was fine. I hadn't registered him, but one of the other guys I registered at 7 a.m. and about, I think it's like 8 30, 9 o'clock. 
uh, I'm in my, I'm, I'm running my second stint and, uh, Justin mess Justin's on discord. He goes, Hey, uh, the, the other guys can't make it. I'm like, okay, all right, well, this sucks. So like, let me finish my stint. Then I spend the next hour redoing the entire schedule. And then I, I think it's about 1130 or so. And I'm like, Oh crap. Fair share rule. <laughs> like we're doomed um but in hindsight you know what i, I thought you know what if, if we'd have finished my thought was because i was going to do the last basically two and a half or three stints i was like you know what i'm going to run up to like a lap to go and i'm going to park it because my thought was if we didn't hit the fair share rule and i disconnected we wouldn't have been dq'd so uh but that was all for naught uh, i got up at 3 30 um ready to take the car for the last stint at 4 30 and um uh, the guy that was running the the graveyard shift ended up with a spin had about 15 minutes of damage uh was almost had it all fixed and had gotten back in the car too early had the engine run running and uh she popped and we were done so uh very very frustrating but it was a fun time again it was all for fun anyway but uh, we had a good time we had guys that really didn't had done a whole lot of road course racing um justin i think is hooked now he had a really good time and it was it was it was fun for somebody who's who likes road course racing and it's, i'm okay but to watch guys get in there and just watch their times continue to come down as they got better and better and, and got even more um uh uh confident you know in the racing so um downside we were in a gt3 only split so that really it didn't make for a good race uh we didn't get the attrition that i thought we would have gotten if we'd had gtps in there so from a a uh the enjoyability i don't want to say you know being a gt3 car with fast cars around you is it enjoyable no not all the time but it, it adds a whole different flavor to the race uh that we didn't get to experience unfortunately but hey we had a good time and there's some other endurance races this year i think we're gonna try to keep a team together and, and do something for those and dustin pearson you know it, it is a success even if he wrecked because now he's got that experience now he's popped his cherry you know, as far as, oh, I'm the guy who wrecked the team, the team car and I'm going to sell all my equipment and I'm going to rage off. Now he's got that under his belt, you know, and, and next year it'll be like, okay, I'm not wrecking the car. Cause I know how that feels. Yeah. I mean, it's just what it is. You know, I mean, I had done, I did the first two stints and then I got in my second time and I don't know, I think I'd pit it and come back out and I hit the bus stop. Just, I just completely hit the, hit it wrong bobbled the car, spun it out. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I cannot believe I just did this. And, um, so that was my one, one screw up. So, but again, I mean, we really had a good time. And, and like I said, it's, it's, it's all about, you know, the chatter you get while you're, while you're watching guys. And, you know, John was in there, even though he couldn't race, John was in there as the, as the super encourager, you know, for the, for the whole time. So it was fun. Yeah. yeah I'm selling my equipment. Encourager. Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. I'm selling my equipment. <laughs> you know, I practiced this thing all week long and I'm not a road racer, but I thought I'm going to do this. It's a great team event. I mean, this, you know, to racing, we've got some good camaraderie, great group of guys. And I thought this is going to be a blast. And I, I've got a D license on road. I've done enough to get that, but I overlooked one little detail and that was that I had to have a safety rating of 4.0 and I was like a 3.72. 
man, I got up at six in the morning. I'm pumped. I'm ready to go and can't get in the race. So <laughs> it sucked, but uh, I guarantee you next time I'll have a 4.0 safety rating. So to follow up, Brad, um, we talked about when we realized that one of our teammates couldn't make it because of a medical emergency in his family. Um, and, and he was already registered as a driver. I think somebody was like, Oh, email iRacing. Maybe they can, you know, fix it somehow. Or do we need to, does iRacing need to make any changes for these kind of situations or it is what it is? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he did, he, he reached out to them and the response we ended up getting was that unfortunately there was nothing they could do. Um, I understand completely why, why it's done that way. Um, but I, I don't know. It's, it, it is what it is. And, and I'm not, I'm not mad. Um, you know, but again, if the option is there, it's just, it's too big of an exploit, of an exploit, I believe. But if you can prove that, you have a medical situation like, Hey, here's a hospital bill. Why not? Why not fix it? Yeah, I know. I just don't know. I guess what perhaps bothered me more than anything was as big of an event. This is <laughs> the response he gets back from, from reaching out is our hours are Monday through Friday. We'll get back in contact with you on Monday. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> okay. Well, they're all busy racing and making sure that the servers don't die. I'm probably, probably most mostly making sure the servers don't die. Now, moving on, the next one was uh, people couldn't get into spot or crew for um, their friends, and that was uh, a topic in the forums. And, Bobby um, noticed this because he tried to spot for us. So, what's the workaround there? It, it, you, you, you have, have to, to add him as a driver. You have to already be on that particular team as a driver, um, whether or not you're registered, whether or not you're selected as a driver that's going to run in the race, you you have to be on the team before registering for the special event. Yeah, I think that's kind of the way it's always been anyway. No, and in regular non-team races, uh, if somebody's a trusted spotter, they can come in with, with your with into your account or, or like as a spotter or a, with the, uh, with the password, if you have a password set, they can jump in and actually help you like r change your crew chief settings and stuff like that. Um, but in this case, they have to be on the team. Yes. To be able to jump in there. Yeah. yeah I, th I think, I, I think it's always been like that in, as far as team uh, events, I believe. Then we got a recap tweet. Yeah, this one was how many of the big numbers, 18,575 total drivers, 4,055 teams, 95 splits, uh, 2.8 million laps completed. 10.2 million miles and then 82,856 total hours raced. So huge numbers. And that's the biggest sim race ever, uh, 18,575 people. So the other day, I like if you remember, I, I shared uh, in our chat group, uh, 2016. You know when we did the Daytona 24 back then, um, and the guys that have been around, people have been around long enough can remember those events were small, and how many of those got messed up with servers crashing and whatnot. I mean, look at where we've come, you know, over the last seven or eight years to where 
18,000 drivers. And I don't think there was hardly a hiccup at all. I mean, they, they posted it could take 10 minutes, I guess, for the session to launch. Mine launched just like it was a normal event. So it's just, I'd say hats off, um, bravo to iRacing. Uh, no, no issues. You're right. Back in the day, it used to be a regular occurrence with these big events and to have an issue of some kind. Uh, it went off flawless. Now, the big thing we t I talked about in the chat, too, was I was impressed with the uh, amount of viewers. They had 1.8 million viewers watch across Twitch and YouTube. Um, and then so I started looking and the NASCAR average for 2023 is 2.8 million. So we got 1.8 when when NASCAR race gets a 2.8. That's pretty darn good for a sim race. I mean, and that's probably a record as well. So is did they did they broadcast the top split from each session? Yeah, it was content. I think so, but the the live stream was pretty continuous. Was it okay? I was kind of curious, you know, what that 1.8 million as far as. Um, if that was just over the course of the weekend or if it was one event, that's what I wasn't very sure of. I think it's the whole thing, all four, uh, you know, across the whole weekend. Yeah. Is that stat but specifically, specifically iRacing's broadcast or just any stream of the event for any driver? Well, it reads as this. I'll, I'll read it. Quote, in addition, more than 1.8 million viewers watched iRacing broadcast of the event across Twitch and YouTube. So it's not specific. So I wonder if they're, they're talking about racers uh, streams and their viewers as well. Could be. That's yeah, still a, I, still a huge number. This next one, I really wish you had a different view of this clip because we have, this is insane. Where'd that come from? Listener Ryan Carlar submits a video clip of an LMP that is in the Daytona pits and, and just gets speared by a, a road GT car. And I'm, I, I, I'm just trying to think, how does that GT end up coming in at that angle? Look at the very front of the clip. You'll see up on the oval, it hit the wall. Ah, Yep, I see now. Yep. It's not clear how he hit the wall from that angle, though. <laughs> you know, we need the clip to go back another 20 seconds, but. Yeah, because he's, he's actually coming off of the infield, like maybe he clipped the grass or something. You're right. It almost looks like he lost control, come into the stripe. He ended up in the grass. He came back up on the oval, bounced off the wall and came down across pit road and creamed these guys out. Or maybe he fell asleep. Now, when he T-boned that car on pit road, that car went into the air and cleared pit wall. It didn't even touch the pit wall, it looks like. Yeah, that car went straight to the infield care center. That was that He got some air. Now, can you imagine getting taken out like that, John, in a 20, you're 22 hours into a race. It's the middle of the night. You're tired. You're going down pit road. You're starting your last step. And all of a sudden, you're in the infield care center. <laughs> well, I mean, can you imagine you're coming into your pit stall and you just go flying through the air and you got to be thinking, whoa, what the hell just happened? I mean, this, these poor folks are done. You don't even see it coming. All right. This next one's not exactly true. No, it's it's not, Dave, but it's kind of true. So uh, Master Sherlock kind of won his split of the Daytona 24, 
all by himself. So he ran the entire 24 hours by himself and won his split, which is insane. So um, because it's just one person and it have to be a minimum amount of drivers, he didn't. He was he was disqualified basically at the end of the race. Um, and this uh, some someone uh, actually created a certificate of recognition for him saying that, uh, you know, it's awarded to Matt Sherlock for winning the 24 hours Daytona by himself, even though he was disqualified in his heat. But still, I mean, can you imagine when do you, obviously you don't sleep. When do you eat if you do? Or and when do you go to the bathroom? That's the worst part. Pitch stops, you take a long pitch stop. But I mean, the end to win yeah. it, though, that's the thing. Apparently, he uh, planned on having teammates, but his teammate couldn't make it. And so, decided just to run it out anyway. Kind of like what Brad's team did. You know, they, they knew that they were going dis- to get disqualified, and but made the decision, you know, we're here to race. We're going to just race it out anyway. And that's what he did. So, you know, kudos to him. Even if he gets DQ'd, he, he freaking won it by himself. That's saying something. Yeah, each pit stop is a minute. So if you if you're not strapped in and and particularly if you don't have to worry about VR getting back getting that all back aligned in, in the seat properly, you could probably not lose that much time. And if everybody else around him wrecked, then he could probably just, you know, cakewalk it at that point. Well, you don't need a minute if you got a mason jar. <laughs> I keep thinking of the episode of South Park when they're playing World of Warcraft and, and he goes to the bathroom. Steve Thompson uh, promotes Depends for, for long races. <laughs> for the old uh, bastards racing league, those old guys needed. Hey, you know what? That's a sponsorship they need to go after. Title idea. But imagine if somebody actually had that as their sponsor in real NASCAR. Uh, Viagra? Still, that's not quite the same. It, the, because the one is one is an indication of being a lot older, really. So let's talk. Let's wrap up the twenty-four and I'll, uh, the other team car, Team Fun. Our our friend Tony Rochette, uh, team captain, he started uh, that car in the first race on Saturday. Um, and I think he was three laps in and uh, went through the bus stop and turned it around and put it in the tire wall real hard. So they ended up starting the next race. And guess what? He did the same thing in the same uh, same spot even. Sounds and, uh, but, but they got the car fixed and continued on. And I don't know exactly where they finished. 26, maybe? Now, Mike, uh, so um, that was, we finished P14. So uh, it was Tony, yeah, Tony uh, Rochette who, who uh, anchored it. And uh, Tyler Williamson, who was our Iron Man, he ran the most laps. Chris Scales was in it. Uh, Donnie the Spiker, Spiker Man, uh, was in it. Ran awesome. His, uh, I think it was his second 24, and and I I was in it as well. So uh, we uh, we had to, we had some good clean racing for the most part. You know, just a couple of little little hiccups here and there, and uh, other than that, kept it pretty clean. For for a bunch of guys who who are not great <laughs> racers, um, I was really happy with how well my teammates did and and how well we put this thing together. Yeah, and you and you finished. Uh, that's the key. And then David, we got a P seven. How'd our race go? 
it went smooth. We stayed out of the garage, which was like, you know, the biggest hope was just to kind of have a nice finish this year. And the guys that finished in front of us were just simply faster than us collectively. Right. Um, you kept early in the early uh, in the week, you were like, we need to be more aggressive at the beginning. And I was like, no, 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 no. Right. And we, we went down, if you're running your first two stints and the guy is three seconds a lap faster than you, you're, you're going to go a lap down with no cautions. It's just, so you don't worry about that. Um, and people would fall behind us. I think we started like 18th and when it was over, we were seventh with a clean car and you have to be more careful early in the race anyway, because there's so much more traffic. Right. What was interesting too, is that there was, um, we actually had GTs in our split. Uh, and I thought it, they the the GT3s ended up being the the uh, splits with too many cars, whereas I thought it was going to be the GTPs, but it didn't turn out that way. It seemed like a good balance to me. There were a few hiccups. Greg had a speeding penalty, um, something with the speed uh, pit limiter, and he had to come back in, I think. And then I, Joe Owen ran out of gas. Well. Yeah, Joe ran out of gas. Also, his first stint. His computer was just going uh, on the fritz in, in the morning stint. So I think Kyle or Tom had to jump in and run an extra stint. But then Tom, Joe reset his computer and it ran fine. Um, and i got to say, again, I'm mighty proud of Joe to be able to do what he did and keep pace with all of us running the same lap times when he's basically really can barely see. Yeah. In, in fact, uh, here's an example of how his eyesight is. I mean, he would... When in that situation where he ran out of fuel, he could not look down and see how much there was. Like he can't see that. He can see the road in front of him enough to drive, but he can't see the relative or any of the uh, you know ancillary information that the rest of us enjoy. Um, yeah, I was very proud of how Joe ran in quick laps, and and I also want to give a shout out to Bobby Jonas. I mean, he's kind of our. Uh, our spotter team spotter he was there for most of the event um just watching and uh you know making sure uh, there's a you know somebody in your ear talking you know yeah he was kind of popping in and out of i think all three teams because he popped into ours a few times as well yeah something i did so that i could be woken up in, in an emergency is uh, I unplugged my headphones, which switches my computer over to speakers. I went and I went into an empty channel on Discord, and then just and and muted everything else except Discord and, and went and laid down. And my alarm succeeded in getting me up. But if something went wrong, he he would have been able to wake me up with this with the speakers. I was like David Hall, report to pit road. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. All right. Well, the good news is things did not go downhill for us, Mike. Yeah, we got a iRacing posted a video of what might be the fastest descent of Mount Washington ever in a Mercedes F1 car. And they went down the hill and he broke the four minute mark. Um, I got to try to replicate this. I have this car. I haven't done it. I was going to do it today, but I didn't have time. Probably tonight. I'm going to probably make a run at this. Uh, and see if I can match that time. Looks like a challenge accepted. I ran a 440 going up the hill in a Subaru, or no, a, a Beetle. So I imagine in an F1 car, I can shave off 40 seconds and going downhill. 
That's that was pretty impressive uh, watching the video because uh, I mean he's he is on it and uh, you almost get tunnel vision through the trees. He's going so fast through them, it's crazy. I don't think I could jump off the mountain that fast. Now, because we're on Mount Washington, I'm going to jump ahead to a different topic down the list, and that is. I had seen in a, a Facebook post or in the comments of this video, actually, that somebody said, hey, I went up to Mount Washington this summer and they've actually paved the entire road going up there. Because remember, a, a big, a good a chunk of this road is actually dirt in iRacing. And so I'm going to present, uh, hey, we need a rescan uh, now that it's all pavement. All right, here's another one that's kind of in the in the wrong section, but here it is. Uh, Podium One Racing has posted a video of an ultra high end build in progress for uh, Joe Rogan. Well, that's why it's not a typical hardware. I mean, it's Joe Rogan. He's famous. I mean, he's one of the most famous people in the world, right? It's a great looking rig. Yeah, they they use like actual Porsche paint, right, for the uh, eighty twenty on it. So uh, that's really sweet, dude. That's really cool. It's got the what is that the the bazooka shifter? It is, yes. It, it's, this rig is it's almost like I want to uh, the most expensive components all together in one rig. The seat so looks awesome. So he's competing with Denny's rig. Well, I, you know, I listen to Joe Rogan. I've never heard him talk about iRacing. I mean, is this a well-known fact that he does this? I think he's just getting started from reading between the lines. But no, I, I think he's just getting started. But this is going to be big for iRacing if Joe Rogan is going to be racing with us. Maybe he'll uh, bring some attention to it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not, a bad, not a bad starter rig. Yeah. <laughs> really. Well, Joe, if you're listening, I'm going to issue a challenge, uh, a Mount Washington descent challenge to you. So hit us up. So it's got a formula wheel on there, but an H pattern shifter. So um, I'm curious what Joe Rogan is going to be racing. You know, uh, is he going to be racing road or is he going to be racing um, stock cars with a shifter in it? You think he's a NASCAR kind of guy. So we'll see. Speaking of NASCAR, here's something else I thought may, might need to be tweaked in iRacing because uh, NASCAR's Xfinity and truck is moving to a nine-gallon uh, can of fuel instead of 11. Why? Well, the real reason is uh, it's an 18-gallon tank for those cars, not 22. Uh, that's the reason. Uh, Jeff Gluck uh, speculates it's because they need women, you know, and and smaller men to be able to handle these, so they don't have to spend money on big pit crew athletes. Well, I, I will say this kind of coincides with um, one of the rule changes as far as Xfinity and trucks is they will not. There will be no. Um, I guess some of the standalone events they were doing basically non-competitive pit stops and that won't happen this 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 year Not they're, taking it out, yeah. they're taking it out of the entire season yes yeah so competitive pits on every race yeah you know i don't see how this would change anything for us in our racing i mean still an 18 gallon tank doesn't matter if it's two 20 gallon tanks you're filling or two two tens or two nines i don't think it makes a difference for us but again I don't know. Maybe now. Wait a minute. Does, now, when I'm watching the fuel go into the car, it, nine gallons goes in, and then it pauses, and then I see the rest of it go in. 
So okay. there is a little tweak, but <laughs> I got you. <laughs> and then uh, visually, I, what about the pit crew visually? Is there uh, does he change cans? I don't even remember to look. Well, I don't think kidding. he does. I don't think you can <laughs> unless you're uh, in in VR. I guess you could turn around and watch. And if you were watching a replay of the crew on your own car, I guess uh, that's my question. Does he does he grab two cans when he's filling the car? Does it show the full crew in replay? Yeah. Oh, I've never noticed. I don't know. We have so many yellows. Who would have to put two cans in? <laughs> well, that kind of leads to our next story. Uh, iRacing posted next-gen updates. We got the uh, Ford and the Toyota, and uh, the templates are out. Artwork and uh, texture updates were in the patch that came out this week. And uh, Bobby has been feverishly working on our cars, trying to wrap them up. I was surprised we got this this early. Uh, I definitely figured it was going to be another week or so. Uh, uh, the going theory, I think, from Bobby it was that they just wanted to not drop it before the Daytona 24 was over. So it was probably ready to go even before. That Ford nose definitely Bobby, looks different. Yeah, and I think Bobby said, um, if you don't, you know, redo your paints, it's going to be jacked up looking. Yeah, there's some differences. I mean, I use a Ford, and I ended up taking, you know, my 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 paint, my livery, and, and had to tweak a few things uh, here or there, just a little bit. Um, the uh, on the Ford, the uh, the rear windows are a little they're flipped on the template from the previous one um few issues on the nose but it really wasn't it wasn't a whole lot of, of adjustments to do so it wasn't too bad all right let's talk world of outlaws yeah so uh we're into the next to last penultimate round of the world of outlaws week nine uh they were at eldora speedway the house that earl bent built and tony stewart now owns so um we came into the race with uh with um Ryan Avila in the points lead with a 13 point lead over Hayden Forrest, Aiden Forrester. Um, the the heat race started. The first heat race had Alex Bergeron uh, on the outside of the inside outside of uh, row one, and um, actually Aiden Forrester took the pole, pole position for the whole whole thing. He was on the inside, and uh, man, first turn of the race, he uh, Alex Bergeron turned him and and uh, sent him back to the to the middle of the pack. Um, it didn't look anything like it was uh like um on purpose it looked pretty uh, innocent as far as somebody this anyway um so actually went on the first aiden force wound up finishing third in heat and uh actually uh ray oops sorry uh, ryan avila was finished fourth in that heat so going into the feature race uh you had uh you had on the front row, you had uh, Alex Bergeron on the front row. Next to him was um, Logan Rumsey, who's actually third in points. And then way back in ninth place was um, was um, Aiden Forrester, and 13th or 15th was Ryan Avila. Uh, and the race went caution-free, no, no yellows the entire time. Uh, Alex Bergeron went wire the wire, was never really challenged, just just blew, just did a fantastic job on this race. Um, Ryan Avila did not do well. He stayed in the middle of the pack. So he, um, he opened up some points, uh, point possibility to gain some points. And, 
sure enough, Aiden Forrester took advantage of it. He drove from the middle of the pack all the way up to finish in P3. So with that position, he actually takes over the lead in the series with one race to go. So Aiden Forrester has now a 21-point lead over Ryan Avila going into the last race. With Alex Bergeron's win, he still he took over third place from Logan Rumsey, who started in second and fell all, all the way back to next to last. So he had a terrible race, unfortunately for him. Um, but it's going to take a lot of uh, a lot of mis- misfortune for Alex Bergeron to take over the win uh, of the series. Um, Aiden Forrester and Ryan Avila look like they're going to be battling out um, for the championship points next week at the dirt track at Charlotte. Um, but this was Alex Bergeron's fifth win out of nine races, so he's won over half of the races this year. So it's really had an excellent year, except for one race, which he didn't make the feature, and that's that totally killed him in points. So uh, so yeah, so next. Next week's the finals. We're looking forward to seeing a, seeing if maybe something can, crazy can happen, if Alex can get up there. Otherwise, it's going to be an interesting race to see um, if Aiden or Ryan Avila can finish uh, who's going to take the lead. They're both uh, sophomore drivers in the series. They were in it last year. They were rookies. So both of them commendable for what they've been able to do this year. Yeah, I said it last week. I'll say it again. I think the points – championship needs to be adjusted somehow. I mean, I, I just don't like the fact you win five out of nine races and you don't win the championship. I, this rubs me the wrong way. Wait a second. <laughs> Do you like the, did you like the chase? Did you like the chase or did you think it should be based on the whole season? Whole season. Okay. And then, and then you're going to, I'm, I'm pretty sure Mike is probably one of those guys who hated the chase as well. Yeah, you're right. That's you're exactly right. that's exactly it. what you're arguing for now. Well, just making conversation. But, man, Alex is on fire. I, I hate that he's not going to win this. But, look, Aiden Forrester, I think he's got this wrapped up. I mean, unless he doesn't make the feature or something like that, I think he's a lock. We'll see. You know, I think yeah, another thing. Uh, super, solid, super solid season. Sorry, go ahead, Mike. John, sorry. Yeah, so I've been following these guys too, Brian. I know you do a lot, but I'm surprised that you know we're going into the last race and Evan sees 130 points down. I I thought he would be in the hunt for this from the beginning. Um, yeah, he's he's never run quite as well in the sprint cars as he does in the late models. I mean, he just and. It's, he just dominates late models. It's crazy. He's won the past two years and just has incredible finishes every week. So um, there must just be something about the late models that, that clicks with his driving abilities or style um, that doesn't quite transfer as well to the sprint cars. But, um, but yeah, I mean, still fifth points is still really good. So, um, yeah, I, I guess it's just, just some people click in certain cars better than others. All right, here's a big one. iRacing has posted a quick view of how you might be able to set up your weather timelines that will change according to uh, how you edit your session. And I also read in here that you can actually set it up to base the weather on real-time forecasts for a region as well. Well, yes, real-world data, particularly to the track location and time of year. So... Yeah, the question would be if it's December. I don't think you want snow at Watkins Glen. <laughs> I don't. They don't have snow modeled, so that would... <laughs> no. So 
I, I wonder if they even model temperatures that low, you know, in the teens or whatever. Uh, that's got to be a completely different outside of their parameters of how they set up races, too. Look, I, I kind of imagine it this way. You go in to host a race. There's a You're presented, do you want to edit your own forecast with this tool, or do you want to pick checkmark forecasted weather, which would do it automatically? But if you do that, and you have to pick a... Uh, uh, a time of year and i bet you they'd only let you pick time of year that's in season uh, like you can't pick pocono in the in the winter you know yeah it's it's cool i mean it's again it is they this has to be right it has to be good yes yeah. yeah well right now you can pick pocono in the winter and it never gets that cold It'll be it'll it'll be chilly. I mean, even the the Daytona tips were were in the sixties, fifties sometimes, right? Even though it was down, the actual Daytona last weekend was down in the thirties, but it never gets that cold on i racing. So maybe you do model year round temps, but you don't actually do snow. <laughs> in other words, they probably have a lower cap, a lower end cap, a floor, so to speak, on the temperature. Pretty cool. I don't know. It just tells me that we must be getting closer. All right. Michael Poole is angry. Or he's at least like, hey, bros, guys, where's the vet? Now, what's funny is we got an update on this today. I found um, somebody who commented on social media who said he was at the, 20, at the, the race in Daytona, and he saw iRacing staff scanning these cars in the garage like yesterday. I hope so. I hope so. I think Tom was chewing at the bit to get in this car. <laughs> yeah, the the Corvette looks looks awesome. I think it's a great looking car. Mustang. Some of the 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 video, if you watched any of the video, the Ford's released, and then if you watch any of the IMSA stuff, it's just it's it's something about an American V8 naturally aspirated engine that nothing can rival. I've also been in a lot of Mustangs. I've never been in a Corvette. Uh, the Mustangs are real popular around here. My one of my cousins' name is actually Shelby, and it's after it, the well, they the family owns a Shelby. Okay, <laughs> so we don't need to go any further than that. We can put the dots together. <laughs> Everything they have is Ford. Um, all right, well, that's that, and it's not in the current patch notes, but there was a patch just the other day, right? Season one, patch four. What all do we have in it, Brian? Ah, uh, so we got the um, the Ford and the um, Toyota um, next gen cars updated that that we just talked about. Uh, there's some AI um, fixes, some paint shop fixes, uh, so a graphic fix fix for two, uh, as well. Um, so just uh, some oh, and the Ford Mustang pace car textures have been updated. That's cool. So yeah, it's uh, smaller stuff, not huge. It's really about the next gen cars being released, uh, the updated artwork for those. Okay. And, um, and they did fix uh, the AI GT3 driving. Remember, we reported a couple of weeks in a row that they were slight, uh, side dooring us in practice, the AI. Guess what? Looks like they may have updated uh, the AI for those cars. And this is interesting, based on what we were just talking about a second ago. On, on the tracks, it says Atlanta Motor Speedway fixed an issue where the track was closed for some time during the winter. Uh, 
when in reality it hosts events all year long. So I, I, maybe it's just because I've never hosted a race at a northern track. Apparently, there are uh, certain windows for certain tracks that you can't host certain dates on the on the weather generator. But you got Atlanta and these tracks in the south. Yeah, they're year year round. So. All right, Mike, we got more iRacing stats. Yeah, I found a new stat page. It's pretty freaking cool. Uh, JSON.racing slash IRS is the name of it. But uh, you've got general stats where he shows um, how many starts per week over the last 12 months. And it's a very interesting graph. And I, I wonder if, if you guys... Um, can pick up on the dips. You see the big dip in participation ever, like four times a year. Oh, guess what? That's week 13, right? That's week 13 where you see the dip. Uh, but the highest amount uh, for the year was right at um, Christmas week, it looks like, um, right below 300,000. Wow. Well, I would expect the dips at week 13. I don't mess with anything during week 13. There starts by hour of the day. Um, it looks like the busiest time in iRacing is uh, 12 o'clock noon. And There's then a, they have how many starts per week? I think the best uh, day is Saturday. Yeah, I mean, if you go to the website, there is a ton of info here. I mean, you can dig into so much different stuff, depending on what your series is or what your flavor of racing, whether it's oval or road. Um, just a ridiculous amount of info. And some stuff is it's pretty staggering. Um the numbers that are thrown up. Now switch in the upper left to oval with the drop down in the corner. And then you'll see some interesting stats about series by popularity. Guess what? Draftmaster is the top of the list in oval for season one. Never touch it. 90,000. Well, that's a the draft master. The addiction there is that's a good way to get a quick hit before you go to bed or something, you know, you 18, 20 laps we're addicted to speed so it, it, yeah it's just a quick hit i can understand that one russian roulette <laughs> and then street Sox second uh nascar c-class third then arca and then legends and then b fix and then gen four lots and of good info i love stats yeah it's, it's good and i'm not surprised that most of your your highest ones are going to be your your rookie or your entry level where everybody's coming in so um i will be curious to see you know, how NIS and some of those rank in this uh, as the season goes on. Yeah, definitely bookmark this one for the future. All right. One of the easiest ways to lose a bunch of subscribers on YouTube is to get your channel hacked. And we have a tweet from Dave Cam because that happened to him. And I, I guess what these, these hackers will do is they'll just come in and unsubscribe everybody on you. Uh, to, to kind of remove all you. your videos, uh, delete them. Yeah, there's a lot of things they can do. But what a nightmare for what a uh, you know a sim YouTuber, you know, to get hacked. And um, luckily, uh, Dave Cam indicates he's got his channel back under his control, but he's got a mess to clean up. Well, I saw that he he does have his channel back up, uh, and actually, about seven or eight hours ago, he posted a new video explaining what happened. So. Feel bad for him. Dave Cam is a great contributor to the sim racing community. Dave, sorry that happened to you. Uh, glad to see you're back up. Just don't get what people get out of doing this stuff. I just never understand it. Me neither. 
did they make any money off Dave Cam by doing it? Or, I mean, what was the motivation? What is the motivation? That's the thing. I mean, I can understand that. Well, no, I don't. Let me take that back. The ransomware and that stuff, I don't understand it. It's what it is. But just to, to do stuff like this is just more out of spite, it seems like. They just get a thrill of being able to cyber bully anonymously. So speaking of bullying, apparently uh, iRacing at court. So iRacing finds itself uh, in the stupidest lawsuit against them, according to a video by DJ EJ. So our good old buddy DJ EJ, who puts up about 35 videos a week, it seems, um, has got a video regarding, I guess this is back when uh, the dynamic tracks and the tire model back in 16, 17, something like that, 15. Um, But apparently there was some other Whoever brought this lawsuit had supposedly filed a copyright for the same thing somehow. Uh, it's rather confusing. I've watched it twice, and I'm still not sure I know exactly who the other entity was. I, I got a handle on this. I think it's it's uh, what you would call a copyright squatter. It's a, it's a patent lawyer who has no knowledge of sim racing whatsoever, can't program himself out of a paper bag, but he doesn't know how to file patents uh, for stuff. And so he filed a general patent for dynamic track, basically. And then they, that allowed him to sue iRacing. Luckily, iRacing won the lawsuit. Uh, it was a frivolous lawsuit and got tossed out. You know, thinking back to the when iRacing started and the Pappy and all that stuff, wasn't there a guy that was that was suing iRacing or something, Mike? Um do you remember all that? Sounds familiar. I wish I could remember the guy's name. Well, a listener will know. Hit us up in the Discord. Tell us what, who, what we're missing here. All right, Brian, we got uh, some information for pet, uh, Porsche Tag Hoyer. Yeah, that's right. Uh, February 3rd. So it's coming up really soon. The 24, 2024 Porsche Tag Heuer Esports Supercar Cup returns um, with uh, new formats, $200,000 in prizes. So, um, yeah, they're, they're racing again for the big money. Um, I know uh, we, we typically follow this seat throughout the season. Um, but, yeah, so it's, it's starting soon. So get ready to start watching this race. Yeah, the champ gets fifty grand. Uh, new this year is a mid-season tournament in the fourth race at Watkins Glen. They're going to have a elimination style event with multiple heat races instead of one sprint. Meanwhile, the finale at Monza will feature a pair of main races, both equal distance, that will each award the same amount of points toward the championship. IndyCar did that one year, did they? Double double points, double races, or so is this an invite only thing? You have to qualify. Yeah, this, you have to qualify just like the Coke series, basically. But they don't, they have a, a celebrity race that's a warm up race to it? Yes, they do. They have a, a separate little, yeah, celebrity thing. It's called the All Star Race, but yeah. Hey, Cam cool. was in that. <laughs> so hopefully he can get in it again. The next one is uh, kind of wish Bobby was around to, to comment on this because he, he posted a. A picture of his son uh, trying out some eye racing for the first time, right? Or probably not for the first time, but he actually is almost fitting in the ring now. We have a family that races together, and it's a tweet of three different kids racing in a home. They each have a r- separate rig in their home, and uh, e- each in their room. And I can tell it's a French family based on the tweet. 
Yeah, this is pretty neat. Um, you know, I can remember when I was sim racing years ago before getting out and getting back in and all that, but um, all my previous stuff I gave to my son. So he was right. He went on iRacing, but he was running in our 2003, but G25 and all that stuff, all my previous stuff he had, and it was fun to, to get him set up and to, to watch him race and stuff like that. So, um, that's pretty neat. Um, they started him young in this one. I think the, the little girl's probably not, but about five years old, she was doing pretty good. I love the little mini cockpits for the kids. I mean, they're just like so cute and tiny. Yeah, that didn't. I think we did a review of maybe some of those conspit uh, rigs for kids, and uh, you can see them in action here. It's a great, great for the family. Team Conti Sim Performance, connecting oval sim racers with some of the best to have competed at the highest level of eNASCAR competition. From our wide variety of setup offerings to our coaching services that help racers reach their fullest potential. TCSP is data-driven, people-focused, and ready to help you fight to the top of the iRacing Oval Ladder. Check us out at www.teamconti.gg. housekeeping leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform to make it easier for more listeners to find us mention your the podcast to your fellow drivers so they don't miss out we do appreciate it get involved in the discord where we talked uh, this week about track racer putting out their own monitor uh, get involved in the conversation before the podcast uh, don't forget to go on our website iracerslounge.com for the show notes literally look at what we're looking at while you listen it's a visual experience and we are uh, have merchandise hats shirt get your uh, really good merch at irisserslounge.shop and we are in regular rotation at performance motorsports network will this computer run iRacing? not now First in hardware, we have Lars de Suosa. Uh, that's the hardest name to pronounce, I swear. He reviews the Sim Magic GT Neo Formula Wheel. And especially, especially for the price, the tweet looks like he's pretty uh, satisfied with it. Yeah, we've got two videos on this, and we've talked about this wheel a few times. Um, yeah, it's, it's on my, my bucket list. I've got the GT4 wheel they released. Um, this one has just got a lot more stuff. So, um, continue to for 280 bucks that's just a slam dunk um just a that's a good wheel i think and sim magic and moza both have some great value items um and then we the second video was the guy jardier and man how could i mean he did a lo- a very long video about 40 minutes and and he was very enthusiastic about this wheel i mean um makes you want to buy it actually they just keep releasing stuff. I mean, I've every week it seems like either Instagram or something, there's something new coming from Sim Magic. Um, you know, I've, I've talked before, I've got their base, the Alpha. I think John's got the P1000 pedals. So, again, for an upstart company, it's only a few years old. Um, they just continue to, to put out good merchandise. It's got like a camouflage carbon fiber look, like a gray camo, uh, as far on the front, which is a a new, you know, it's a different take. 
It's a nice it's look. A, yeah, I think it's like forged carbon or something. It's a little bit different. It's lighter. Um, it's a little bit cheaper process as opposed to the traditional crosshatch um, carbon fiber. So I love the way it looks. Looks functional. The layout is good. The buttons are reachable. Everything that David likes, you know, dual pad paddles on the back, you know, cool. Great price. So, yeah, the, for the price, I mean, it's kind of unbeatable. Now, does this, I, I, I'm trying to remember, can you mount this on uh, bases other than some magic? It yeah. says right on the tweet, any wheelbase. Yes. So with this, they released the MagLink, which is the the USB um, compatibility to where you can take and amount it to any base. Uh, it's like 20 bucks, um, but it gives full functionality to the wheel as opposed to having to run a USB cable. Um, you mount the, the MagLink and it's, you know, the, the one thing with SimMagic is it's a wireless, um, very similar to uh somebody else and i can't think of who it is has got wireless connectivity for their wheels as well um so yeah it can be used and again that's what they're doing they're 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 making a i think you're going to start to see new wheels and stuff like that that can be used really on any base um you know a good ecosystem but if you can take an ecosystem and expand it a little bit i think it's even a it's a bigger win all right well we're talking about uh good price range what about dan demelgio's first look at the camus c5 john yeah, so Camus, uh, and, and I know we've talked about this one before, but Camus has a direct drive system, which is a little different than, than others. Uh, and the cool thing about this one is the direct drive at, uh, mechanism is built into the steering wheel itself. So, I mean, this is like iRacing on the go. You can take this thing with you anywhere you go. Uh, fit it in a bag, and you've got your direct drive wheel with you. Um, and so, you know, Dan DiMaggio says, you know, is this is this the direction that direct drive is going to go? Hey, you know, it, for an entry level, I think this is a good option. You know, comparable if you're looking at buying this versus a, a Logitech, it's about the same. Um, so I, I think for an entry level wheel, I think it's an interesting option. Yeah, for sure. Uh, entry level, um, or if you're on the go, you know, I travel out of, I live out of a suitcase, I race out of a hotel. It'd be perfect for that. All right, I got this one. Uh, discontinued graphics cards. NVIDIA has announced they're discontinuing the RTX 4080 and the RTX 4070 Ti. And I'm going to jump ahead to a story at the bottom of the script where they've announced the RTX 4080 Super for $1,000, uh, available uh, January 31st. And they've announced the RTX 4070 Ti Super. So it's the same cards, but they have the word Super after them. Uh, my understanding is they have more RAM, uh, 16 versus 12. Um, and uh, from the article uh, that we have lower in the script, the RTX 4080 Super is probably the card to get in 2024 if you're doing a build. Now, the 4070 Ti, I think, is about $300 cheaper. Yeah, I've got the 4070. It's the 12, uh, 12 megabit um, what I built last year. Uh, it's been good. You know, again, I just couldn't justify spending you know, another four or $500 to get up to 16 megabits. So that I just couldn't do it. 
So the 4070 Ti Super might be the sweet spot where you're not spending a thousand on a card, but you know, you're willing to spend 700. And so I was, you know, I've been kind of dreaming about doing a build this year. I've had uh, multiple computer problems. My uh, hard drive is filling up, even though I don't have anything but iRacing on my computer. And so I'm kind of eyeballing a new computer build and boy, I was kind of drooling over these cards. Well, one of the things you might need those cards for is triples. And Carl Gosling is either explaining when or why you need triple screens. Well, the thumbnail on the actual screen says why. So the win part must be a typo in the script. So why do you need triples, Brian? Unless you like love VR, which some of us do. Yeah, I love VR. I'm going to stick it with VR. <laughs> um, but uh, Carl, I mean, he's got triples. Um, he's not talking 27-inch triples. He's got 50-inch screens or something like that. So it's huge. And, uh, yeah, if you can get screens this big for triples, you're going to have quite a immersive experience. But, uh, you know, he gives the same uh, – he goes through the same um, – things that we've talked about many times with triples you know the side vision that you can see you know how much how much better you get a get a read on the cars uh to your sides and when they're coming up on you so um yeah so it's 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 triples is definitely the way to go if you're doing anything but vr for sure so mike you're you're in the middle on those screens I am. Those are 55s, I think. And in the middle of the video, he shows a, what it looks like from the car when it's just a single screen, how there's a lack of peripheral vision. Um, you know, and then he, he shows it on the big 55 inch triples and you're like, wow, you can see everything. So it, it's a real visual uh, look at, wow, what triples can do for you. I mean, John, you recently started with triples. What do you think? Yeah, so I, it's been a slow journey to get to those triples. So I had to, I got the triples, but realized my video card wouldn't do it. So I, speaking of video cards a while ago, I just upgraded video cards so I could hook up three monitors. Uh, had an issue with getting them lined up. I think I've got that worked out. So the triples will be up and running this weekend. But it, it, what Carl shows here is the reason you want them and you guys that are running triples already know this but you can see what's on your left you can see what's on your right and they that gives you i think a competitive advantage doesn't it yeah absolutely um you know i, I know who's around me at all times um you know i think this is another good video like mike mentioned you know he turns the side monitors off you know, so you see what you've got, and as big as a 55 inch is, if you've got your FOV set up correctly, you still can't see anything. Um, you know, it, I, I'm not a proponent of ultra wides because, again, you either run a funky FOV to where you still don't get it, and we've showed videos as well where you, you don't get what you need. Um, triples are the way to go, or VR. Now, I know we've got a couple guys in here that are VR, I can't do VR just because of um, some issues with. Uh, balance and stuff like that. There's no way I could do it. Um, vertigo, but I just, I cannot imagine. I ran years with a single monitor and you get used to it. You, you, you set buttons to look left and right. But when it comes to, to being able to race competitively, I think you need to be triples or be, or BVR. And yeah, I think my projects, I'm, I'm going to do a computer build and I'm always looking, you know, that'll be the next thing is a big triple. So I'm going to probably do fifties or fifty vibes or, I'm going to 
get rid of my integrated triple monitor mount, put the computer somewhere else, the whole thing. Well, one place you could try a whole lot of different monitor setups is the Sim Formula Expo. And uh, Mike, we got a couple of videos from that one. Yeah, Lawrence DeSauswa and uh, Overtake GG both put out videos of a, basically a tour. And I just wanted to, you know, throw out their names and say thank you because that's how the rest of us, you know, find out about this stuff is, you know, we wouldn't see all those products and different things that's going on there without um, community like this, putting out the YouTube videos. And so here in America, I just want to say, man, we want our own SIM expo. And I certainly appreciate the people that are reporting on the one in Europe so we can see what's going on. Yeah. I will, I Oh, I was going to say, John, we'll go over some of the new products that were announced at the Sim Expo, the Sim Formula Expo later in the show or to, on next week's show. Yeah, we are getting pretty close on our on our hardware time. But the next one we do have, Brad, is the SimLab XP1. Yeah, so Boosted Media reviews the uh, SimLab XP1 load cell pedals. Um, I watched this maybe about a week ago, um, but have watched some other videos. Um, pretty I was inexpensive. It's not the right word, but for a mid-range price range um, with pedals, um, good reviews. Um, very interesting. Uh, I like the way they look. Uh, the adjustability was was huge on these, so I think a very good option if you're if you're in the market for pedals. Very simple design, clean look. You know, if you're not looking for hydraulic and you're kind of in the load cell realm i i think these need to be considered um i mean will ford spoke pretty well of them and then we have another post uh from lawrence with uh, the msig motion rig and i don't think there's a video on this one this is just a tweet all right and he said it's not just style it was he used it and it was impressive lots of tactile transducers as well as a responsive d-box actuators making it a serious rig he said he likes the, the headrests and the speakers as well, which and some really good pedals. This it's thing's a, a beast. I could see this from a uh, a marketing standpoint, you know, something that's going to be used uh, at a show or something like that. And I just, I can't see this in my house. Right, like an auto dealership or something. Um, this is more of a commercial product, in my opinion. Basically, it's a really fancy rig, but it's got body panels. It's got body work on it. Um, it looks sleek and, you know, it's big. Very pretty. Anyway, it's called M-SIM. I don't think there's enough competition in uh, the will, will and base market. Do you, John? No, no, we're hurting for product here. Uh, this kind of shocked me. Turtle Beach, that's right, Turtle Beach has entered the direct drive wheelbase uh, market. And so we've got a little video here of, you know, what they've got to offer. It, it kind of looks like, a, you know, a, a, something that would appeal to the Xbox crowd. Yeah, I'm seeing Thrustmaster vibes with the design. It's desktop yeah. mounted, right? Yes. 
Yeah, the cool thing about this, though, is um, what it, in, what integration there is. Um, it has an integrated uh, LCD screen, you know, so it's it's like a dashboard with an LCD screen. It's got integrated a uh, button box already built into it, um, and it comes with the pedals. And it's a direct drive, and it's what six forty nine something like that. I mean, that's not bad if if you know if you're entry level type of stuff. And I, I mentioned the Logitech vibes and the in the sub the title in the actual video is Logitech and Thrustmaster to worry question mark. Yeah, yeah, I like the look of the button box. It's cool. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. This thing, what's to me, what sets it apart from some of the others, it does have a button box in it, so you don't have to buy that separate. Oh, Mike just picked the worst time to get up because the yeah, next. <laughs> this is his article. We're going to come back to this one. In fact, let's skip around. Um, uh, let's hit the next one, uh, Brian, and talk Simagic P hits or P H T S. Yeah, so uh, this was something that was just uh, sent out. <laughs> we were talking earlier about Simagic putting out all this uh, this new product. So this is a new one. It's uh, the P H T S, and it's a hydraulic throttle system for your thousand pedals so um so you can upgrade your pedals to uh hydraulic on the throttle uh looks like it's got a um a, a dial on it which would uh change the different um either either the compression on it or, or the strength of it so uh pretty neat um yeah so so cool the p1000s are nice pedals um they even they sell an inversion kit if you want to invert those pedals and now they have a hydraulic throttle system you can use as well yeah, I'm kind of mad at Symmetric here because now I got to buy this because uh, well, I've got the inverted set. So yeah, this is my next purchase. I don't know. I don't. I don't. Not to to be a Debbie Downer. I just don't see the point of a hydraulic throttle system. Uh, most of your throttles are not going to be hydraulic, even in real cars. That's yeah. true. Right. It's yeah, more it's, of a cable setup. It's cable or wire. I mean, it's uh, you know. I mean, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather spend your money hydraulic brake absolutely uh mike's pedals that he has the main performance that was my set that was on my previous rig i wish i still had them um but i don't know i mean you put hydraulic in front of anything and somebody's gonna buy it <laughs> all right mike we jumped around and saved this one for you we've got the sim hub hue light lighting setup okay thanks yeah i had to jump up um i just want to back up to the turtle beach a couple comments we had a different video uh, from random call sign and he, he brought up a very good point. This is a direct drive wheel. We do not know how many Newton meters it is. Okay. They never have, have said once what it is. He's guessing it's five or six, but the wheel base itself is this big plastic box that looks very much like uh, the Thrustmaster uh, wheel. And he's wondering how is this thing vented? Is there a, a fan, a cooling system in this, this enclosure? Because when you look at other direct drives like Fanatec and SemiCube and, and, and some of these, they're not encompassed in a plastic case. You know, they're able to radiate the heat out, right? Yeah, I mean, we got done racing last night at Bristol 250 laps. Um, you know, I've got the Symmetric Alpha and it was warm. You know, not concerning warm, but again, no fans or anything. But it's again, it's it's radiant heat. It's, it's going to go ahead and disperse its stuff. So, I mean, I can remember with my TSW, I'm not TSW. Good lord, Fanatec. Um, 
the club sport, I mean, you had that was belt driven. Even then, you had fans to try to keep stuff cool. Yeah. So anyway, he was a little concerned about you know, is it going to get hot or is there a fan in there? You know, there's a lot of unknowns about this right now. And it, it's not even released right yet. It's just pre-orders. Pre-order, right? All right. So moving on to Sim Hub hue lighting setup so now that i've seen a video youtube uh given me several of them and um alex k puts up a nice uh youtube video of how to set up with sim hub and uh that's the one that i actually use to uh, configure mine um he gives a walkthrough basically how to set it up you know in the software and you just follow the steps it's fairly easy you drag these boxes around on the screen, basically, where you want um, the lighting to be driven from. And so, like, what he what he said was like, okay, get in a Ferrari, go out on Sebring at 7 a.m., drive around the, the track until the sun is right in the in front of you, and then take a screenshot of it and put it on your – and then set it as your wallpaper – and then draw those boxes on the dash where the light is hitting the dash. And uh, you basically lay these boxes out and it works like a charm. I, I, you know, when I was at the Daytona 24 and you're up on the banking at night, the lights uh, cast shadow. Well, er, you know, in between the lights are shadows on the track and it kind of uh, surges as you drive across them, right? The lights going in and out, in and out. And my ambient lighting was picking up on that very well. It was kind of surging with those lights. And then last night at Bristol, the same thing, where every time I drive by one of the lights, the light just increased just a moment and then decrease, increase, decrease. So I'm really liking it. The Sim Hub integration has been a um, huge difference in what it was before. The other video I found is you can do the same thing with a, a different brand called Govi Light, apparently. So let me ask you a question, Mike, is just being completely ignorant about this. Um, do you have to set up different profiles, day, night, stuff like that? Or is it just a one-time fix and that's where you go? I've just done one and it's been great. It worked at the 24, it worked at Bristol. So... Um, but the, the beauty of SimHub is you can make different profiles. You can literally set up a different one for every car or, or, or track combination if you want, because it offers uh, profiles. Now, if the Govi lights apparently is like an Amazon version of the Philips Hue, that's much cheaper that you get on Amazon or something. And so you can get into an ambient lighting system for much cheaper than I did if you uh, go with that other brand. Would you recommend that for VR users? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> you know, I remember running those little spotter lights uh, a long time ago. And even that was kind of being that close, but in your peripheral vision, was in that, and it being just a tiny little dot was kind of almost uncomfortable. This is, yeah, this is a little different. I think it's, it's more like, a, like I said, ambient lighting, it, you, you know, because I have the entire room dark. The, the Philips Hughes lights are the only lights projecting in the entire apartment, really. Um, besides the three, the, the four screens, there's no other light. So it really does recreate what the track lighting currently is. 
if you're on triples, I, I just think it's a no brainer to, you know, it's a project to add just like the, the wind sim and, and everything else I've done, you know, butt kickers. Okay, well, let's wrap hardware for now and go ahead and move on to results. Mike, we had the Winter Series League. Yeah, I'll uh, start off. Uh, I started dead last, finished P16. Pretty proud of that. That's a, not a bad finish for me in this league. I was planning on a one-stop strategy, but a caution came out. We could make it from there on fuel. Uh, next run, I ran it until the tire gave out. I had to pit under green, but then a caution came out was able to take a wave around and get a lap back and but through attrition and whatnot i've worked my way up to p16 i'll take it david p5 yeah uh best finish in the league so far uh this is one of my favorite tracks and i run well here I, especially if we can have a lot of green flag running i just i take care of the tires for a good chunk especially when i got to start towards the front because i was a lap down in it um Chandler basically lapped almost everybody in the field right at first. And I, I was like P10 running a lap down. But on that start, I started right behind him and stayed with him for literally half the run uh, and never, and didn't get lapped again on that particular run. In fact, I ended up getting lucky dog. I uh, love the track. Uh, I was in P6 towards the end in the lucky dog spot. And this league pays actually whoever finishes in the lucky dog spot a, a bonus. Um, but a late caution comes out, and so I get my lucky dog and end up finishing on the lead lap, giving the the prize to somebody else. But it gave me a – I ended up finishing P5 as a result. So best finish of the year, and for the first time, I actually decided to go ahead and look at the points, even though I didn't think I was doing great. And I'm pretty happy sitting P7 right now in this, this really tough league. And then Brad, P18. Yeah, disappointing night. So um, David and I started – I think what 12th or 13th something like that and I drove up to um, I think it was about six or so in the first run uh, we had a yellow and, and I screwed up sped on pit road that got me back in the mix with a bunch of lappers um, and I ended up getting uh, getting walled uh, some front-end damage uh, should have probably come in earlier and pitted and didn't try to, to run it out um, but uh, just had too much damage as way off base um, you know, got the damage fixed, came out P22, ended up unlapping myself by two laps, um, got back to 18th, but uh, really disappointing night. Um, should have should have been a top five, just uh, again, just screwed up and sped, and that that's what got me. It was fun, they had a bounty out on Christian Challenger. Beat Christian without wrecking him, <laughs> and you get to, uh, an extra bonus. I'll go ahead and update you on what happened there. Um, it looked like it was not going to happen again. There was actually there was one guy, uh, James Lowry, was running well enough to beat him. In fact, was was running first place for most of the race, and then he got a penalty for passing the pace car before entering pit lane because of the way the, the the way the pit lane entry hits here. You can pass pit lane, so that put him behind all of us. Then. Chandler looks like he's going to run away with it again. And that late caution, Chandler takes four tires. Two other guys take two tires. Boom. Somebody wins the bounty. Yeah. And that was uh, fun to watch, kind of see, see how it played out. Um, Daytona 24, I just, you know, I didn't talk about my stint, but 
David, I, I, you you told me no incidents as I went into my stint. I think you had 79 when I got in the car. We get DQ'd at 100. I only got two incidents. I'm super proud of that. Super proud that I didn't wreck. Looking at my lap times, uh, I was just, I was running the, pretty much the same lap times that the rest of the team was, pretty much. And so uh, proud of my result anyway. And we finished uh, with 90 incidents, I think. Yeah, the rest of us just had to take it a little bit easy. Um, I, I might have been able to sort of try to keep up with the P6 guy. He was the only guy that we were competing, we were anywhere close to, but I, I just couldn't, I had to give up just a little time in the bus stop. And whereas when I'm like running a sprint race, I, I would always take 10X, almost every sprint race in the, in the bus stop, just because I can't, I can afford to. But we just we, we couldn't and that actually will that affects how much time you can really push through that that bus stop onto the front stretch uh, you can make up a ton of time on the bus stop i mean that's where um that, that's my my nemesis when it comes to daytona is to get to the bus stop um you know i ended up doing two cents in the car um and, and got really aggressive john was in there watching some of it so you know, both times I got in the car, I think I was about 14th or 15th and drove ourselves back up to the top eight or top nine, um, both times and just driving like a freaking madman. Uh, was fun, just absolutely fun, just literally driving like a madman. Um, but like we said earlier, uh, unfortunately popped a motor and it is what it is. I, I, did y'all see the replay that I posted or actually Bobby posted it for me of, the, of that evasion when a guy wrecked out of turn one? I was pretty yeah, proud of that one. There was a couple. Yeah, a couple of good uh, misses there. And that was some, I don't think that was reflex as much as, as uh, uh, more experience in, that you get from iRacing with anticipating what's going to happen. I knew he was going to bounce off the wall before he had hit the wall and was already s steering off the track to evade him. And that was the only reason I dodged him. All right, let's update Justin Pearson running for the championship in both fixed and open in winter NIS. Um, placed P6 and P26 uh, in the open series I had a P9 and a P4 just a steady week the open race I placed ninth I set the fastest lap time of the race I'd never done that before in any official race and there were some studs in that race too my open series point battle I'm losing by 58 and in fixed I'm leading by 20 side note without drop weeks in both series i would be leading more than 80 in each i hate drop weeks lol another side note i had a family emergency i'm stuck in chicago starting tomorrow so i don't know if i'll be able to make all my starts I'm not going to use it as an excuse though i'll keep grinding justin's uh it's, he's doing good in this and i just hope he can can stay at it It'd be nice to see him bring home a championship absolutely yeah. very proud yeah, I'm proud of his commitment, man. He stuck with it. It's awesome, Justin. You know, and if I hadn't moved, I'd be running it with him probably. Um, but uh, I hope he can do it. Other racing I ran, the FIA F4 fixed at Spa. I started 16th. I got wrecked out really hard on lap one in a huge incident going down the hill. I ran it again, second attempt. I started actually dead last, 22nd. Got as high as P6th in a great race uh, before finally getting wrecked DNF. But I had a huge amount of fun, even though I didn't finish. And then I did run a Chris McGuire hosted the old IndyCar at Michigan, and that was fun. All right, B uh, open, John, P16. Yeah, so uh, ran the B open at Nashville. 
you know, the setup at initially just wouldn't get through turns one and two, uh, made some adjustment in the pits and stayed with the leaders for the last 30 laps. But by then I was a lap down. I was in the lucky dog spot, uh, didn't get the caution. So just couldn't get up there. But uh, I like that Nashville track, you know, uh, it was fun. All right. Let's jump to final thoughts, David Hall. Goal achieved at the 24, right? Uh, very glad we were able to manage it. And everybody was able to get in there. I um, So just really proud of the effort we put in. Also, uh, don't forget, merch, merch, merch. We got all kinds of merch. Um, two of our guys are sporting their hats right now. I don't have my shirt on today because it, it – I uh, had to work late, didn't get to the gym or anything, so don't have the gym shirt on. But, um, yeah, get the merch, man. It actually helps uh, helps us out a little, and probably we'll do a promo code here pretty, sometime soon. All right, Brian McCubbin, final thought. Yeah, so uh, I just want to re- reiterate what I said last week. Um, these, these team races are so much fun. Um, there's so much camaraderie you know you get to spend time with guys that you know you might not normally spend a lot of time with in in the chats uh, watching the race and 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 watching the other guys we were all just having such a good time you know at the very end i actually finished the last stint um you know everybody was on at the at the end uh, all uh, talking about their races and and uh wrapping the thing up it's just a great event and um I just, uh, I think if you haven't done one before, you should really think about it, whether you're a good road racer or not, like me. It's it's still a great time. Yeah, kudos to iRacing, a flawless event, biggest sim race ever, 18,500 people. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the biggest Daytona 500 ever coming up soon. Brad Wren, final thought. Uh, yeah, I mean, just to kind of to marry what, what Brian said, um, you know, it's fun to be able to get in there and chat with guys. And again, I mean, Justin and I spent the most time together over that 24 hours. Um, feel like him and I know each other a lot better now and it was enjoyable. Um, you know, excited for the, uh, the actual 24 this weekend, looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, we're only a couple of ways away from, from, uh, from Daytona 500 NASCAR season starting up and, uh, you know, starting to get geared up for NIS, uh, getting ready for the commitment to that. And, uh, just excited for, for things uh, coming up uh, this season. So ready to, to get going. Yeah, me too. John Curley, final thoughts. Yeah. Thanks to uh, the team, you know, that I was uh, with for the Daytona 24, Brad Wren, thanks for your hard work, getting things organized. Uh, Justin Pearson, Chris Waldron, Kyle Perry, Brian Curry, uh, great team effort. Brian, I hope your mom's doing okay. Uh, aside from that, man, I'm in an iRacing rut. If it can go wrong, it's going. It's happened to me the last week. Can't wait for the new season. Looking forward to Daytona 500. Um, I'm holding my head up going forward. All right. Yeah. My final thoughts uh, as we wrap up the the final or the off season here. I want to thank uh, Mike Conti and his uh, setup shop for sponsoring us over the off season. Um, and with that being said, we're looking for a sponsor for the season, uh, for the NASCAR season here at the iRacers Lounge. If uh, you're listening and you can sponsor us, uh, you're a sim racing equipment company of some kind, hit me up. 
let's talk. Um, let's get you some exposure. We got a huge uh, listener base and uh, we'd love to, to, to get involved with a new sponsor. So hit me up for that. Um, again, real proud of the Daytona 24 stuff. Um, the whole team, specifically my captains, you know, Brad and David and Tony, for stepping up and trying to herd cats is what I call it. But it's not an easy job being the team captain to, to make the schedule, to, to deal with the, the punches as they come. And and um, you guys did a great job. Um, other than that, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.